0: One of the things i love about this show in the five years we've gained a mythology we did what we have yeah
1: you gained a mythology i'm a myth you, we're, we're both myths
0: stuff like uh, the fact that why why you I
1: to see, see why you would be a myth
0: <laughs> the fact that like there are people who refer to who the beautiful one now yeah who yeah. talk about how you can love your characters but you can't yeah. love your characters we all feel better in the dark Better. We all feel better in the dark. We all feel better, all feel better. Feel in the dark.
1: I'm going to drop this one time for your mind right now. Tommy D on the mic, best listen up now. Better in the dark is taking place right now. But this ain't a normal show, this is .5 now. Yeah, I said it, show's a little shorter. But they give you content in a timely order. So, take note to everything they mentioning. Better in the dark, .5, get the listening. Hyphen, what it is right now. Time is what it is right now. Derek, what it is right now, better in the dark, what it is right now. (laughs) And until we get back in touch with you, go watch that movie.
0: Right, Devin? Go watch that (laughs) movie. In accordance with this past summer, we are contractually obligated in this point five to kill about 5,000 people, so please be aware. There will be a lot of
1: carnage, carnage, collateral damage, but you won't know any of these people who died. (laughs) They'll be totally faceless Matter of fact, you won't even see them The murders and deaths will just be implied Right, this is over here To my left is Derek Ferguson And over here to my right is Thomas DJ And you are indeed In in the middle of another episode Well, at the beginning of an episode Of Better in the Dark One in which... As all of our episodes do, it has a strange convoluted history. And what it was is that Tom and I have been noticing that we haven't done a proper review episode of recent... And the
0: reviews will come in drips and drabs. There's an episode that has not hit the feed yet where we kind of sort of review both Man of Steel and Fast 6.
1: Right. But we haven't sat down and did our usual format where we go back and forth and we say, Okay, what did you see? Mm -hmm. What did I see? The reason for that is... You haven't seen a lot of the big summer movies. I've let things slide. Yeah. Yeah. And matter of fact, some of the big summer ones I haven't seen, like I haven't seen The Wolverine yet. For some reason, apparently, I'm not meant to see this movie because Mm -hmm. I tried to go see it yesterday and started 15 minutes. And Patricia, of course, she said, ah, let's go see. It's only 15 minutes. I said, no. You know me by now. Once the movie has started, folks, I don't go in to see it. That's Mm -hmm. it. Even if it's just five minutes. That's still five minutes I didn't see. Red 2, I didn't see that. That's another movie that kept eluding me. When we were talking about this earlier this week, one thing we didn't notice was that
0: it seems like there has been the last couple of years this kind of crazy escalation where the stakes have to be higher and higher. And what this has resulted in is a bunch of summer blockbusters where loads of people die in collateral damage. This whole cities are destroyed. Look at Man of Steel where an entire town in Kansas is
1: wiped off the map. Yeah, okay, And see, Since you've done through that door open, let you okay. step through. Well, we step through because we want to compare it to another film. Th- well, no, I don't want to come- compared to another film. It's just that I was reading comic book fans were talking yeah. about oh yeah well millions and thousands and hundreds of people were getting killed in this but wait a minute we've been reading comic books for years now. In the case mm-hmm. of people like me and you right? we've been reading them most of our lives. Right. We've seen this sort of non-implied loss of life let right. me put it in comic books. When you have the Thing and the Hulk fighting for three issues in Fantastic Four and we see them getting torn through buildings weren't people getting hurt until there? hmm We didn't say anything about it. Why is it in Man of Steel? Did it upset us so much? You know why? Because there's a difference between looking
0: at a drawing, a representation, Mm -hmm. and looking at the real thing, so to speak, real actors, at least theoretically real buildings. There's a greater sense of
1: immediacy to watching a moving picture of a house being destroyed. Agreed. But, still playing devil's okay. advocate here. Isn't this what we've been asking for all along in movies? Bigger and better superhero battles? Yeah. What was one of the things that we went all crazy about with Avengers? The invasion right. of New York. And to give Avengers this credit, people have said, in Avengers, we did see them trying to preserve your yeah. life and keep the battle contained in a certain area of Manhattan, so that when Captain America said, Well Iron Man, right. you got the perimeter. Make sure nobody gets out," which we didn't see in Man of Steel. And I think that's the other thing, also,
0: because we we're talking specifically about Superman. Yeah, and Superman is one of the very small handful of superheroes where we expect him, in addition to punching something during a movie, see him saving lives. It's part of what is intrinsic to Clark Kent.
1: Well, what's the one thing, and I always point this out, the people that separate Superman from other superheroes, and everybody goes dumb on me, and I said he's the only superhero that actively flies around preventing natural disasters. He looks for floods and (laughs) earthquakes. He flies in supplies to drought areas. Superman's the only superhero that does that. Which what sets him apart. He doesn't go flying around looking for crime to stop. Right. He flies around looking for natural disasters exactly. that he can stop. Which, let's face it, is a better use of his powers yeah. than stopping a local guy from robbing a gas station. And
0: to be fair, is indicative of the sensibility of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who were socialists. Yeah. Who believed yeah. in people who had
1: more abilities having an obligation to... Help those in need. To whom much is given, much yeah. is asked. Superman is the embodiment of that saying. He's been given a lot, and thank God, which is why I always say, the real unsung heroes of the DC Universe is Mar and Paul Kent. Because if they hadn't raised his cat with the values that he had, who knows how he might have turned out. Thank God he didn't land in Brownsville. Right. <laughs>
0: or Watts. Or, uh, or... Yeah. yeah
1: uh, <laughs> or Compton. Oh, God. <laughs> now there's a story. All of a sudden, I had this vision of Kal-El making a video. Today was a good day.
0: <laughs> I have this image of Kal-El
1: with his pants down below his butt. And right now, we've just lost 10% yes, of like, our audience. Ah,
0: but...
1: but to be fair, in Man of Steel, he's really not Superman. He right. is very much Kal-El, Clark Kent. I know you didn't see so it. So would you but... say that
0: literally Man of Steel is
1: a literal origin story?
0: The vi- oh Much yeah. like *Comedian*, *Punisher* movie is a literal origin story. Right? Where yeah. We, the
1: character is not the character he's supposed to be till the very end. He's of the not Superman until the end of the movie. I have read online articles, and one of the articles makes what I think is a very compelling argument as to why, because in the movie, as I'm sure you know, right. and if you guys don't know, well, you know me and how I feel about spoilers. Screw you. If you want to see the movie, yeah. you should have seen already. He kills Odd. Right. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, but, however, he doesn't do it lightly. And he does it when he actually has no choice to do it. But then, I was reading articles online where the argument was made that in order for Superman to have a no-killing rule, he actually has to kill somebody and go through the pain and suffering of that which he I to... think was kind of And
0: Michael Bailey if you're listening You can correct us on that I think that what may have been the point John Byrne was making right. Back in the 80's When he had Superman execute The Phantom Zone right? Which and... was the whole reason why John Byrne left DC in a snit Because people got their noses Bent out of shape over that
1: Now, mind you, do I think that the Superman that I want to see would have found a way to have resolved the situation without killing Zod? Mm. Yes, I would have. But, however, I do have to realize, and you and I were talking about this the other night. Mm -hmm. Folks, this isn't the Superman movie I thought I was going to get. Because it's not a Zack Snyder Superman movie. Those of you who have seen it, I would bet my number one... Conditioned copy issue Of Fantastic Four You're nodding your head When I say yeah. This is very much A Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. His fingerprints Are all over this movie It's not done In Zack Snyder oh, well, How
0: much of that Is Christopher Nolan And how much of that Is the Warner Brothers Regime yeah, At Warner, the, Warner, at DC ah. Warner Brothers do you read Every Day is Wednesday? No, I don't. Okay, Every Day is Wednesday is a comic blog. Even though I don't read comics anymore, I still keep up with it. It's by well, me too, Yeah, Mozzarella. Really, really great writer. EveryDayisWednesday.blogspot.com One of his recurring things is his chronicle of the DC New 52. And one of the things he keeps pointing out, it it's so weird that all of the DC heroes now seem to kill very casually. He was reviewing this morning, in fact, the first story arc of Batman the Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. Under the DCNU Which was kind of Sort of a retelling Of Nightfall And at the end Batman Pushes Bane Off a cliff While Flash Is looking on And he said It's funny that Batman doesn't Oh I don't know shoot his grapple to snag his foot, or the Flash doesn't run down the cliff face, grab Bane, put him over the most maximum security prison in the area, mm-hmm. and then come back in time for tea? Right. The DC Universe, since I left it almost two years ago, is a much, much darker place than it was when I last saw even then when it was pretty dark, and maybe this Superman who apparently the DCNU Superman is a real jerk about things and maybe this is a reflection not of Christopher Nolan's ideas but of how the DCNU
1: now considers Superman but again, we go back to the thing that I always say. The fans, God bless them, isn't DC just giving them what they say that they want? Because for years, what have we been hearing for years? Well, why does the Batman just kill the Joker? Just yesterday, I was reading an article online I wish I could remember exactly where it was so I could tell you folks. Some of you guys have read it because we've had discussions about it. It's on Better in the Dark Facebook page, which if you're not a member yet, you should be. It was the analyzation of the killing Joker. The question was raised, did Batman kill the Joker at the end of the killing Joke? And no, he didn't kill the Joker. Well, because at- the
0: Joker continues on. It, right. It's an incontinuity story.
1: But there are two points in the story. There's one where Commissioner Gordon, after Barbara has been shot and presumably mm-hmm. raped, and there are hints that Gordon himself was raped too, because when Batman mm-hmm. finds him he's, he's naked, naked. Yeah, yeah, he's got the dog collar around him, so there's an uh, intimation that some sort of stuff went on there but he tells Batman, you bring him in by the book, and see really to me, that's nobility your daughter's just been shot, and possibly raped, you've been violated right. Right. but you're still telling him, we have to show him our way works, and then later on, Batman himself makes a plea to the Joker, says if we keep going the way we're going, one of us is going to kill each other Right. I don't want that. This is the defining moment. What are we going to do? We have to stop this cycle of violence. Right. See to me, that's heroism. Mm-hmm. That's what DC heroes used to be like. Exactly, they didn't go around willy nilly shoving people off a of cliff or watching what. Well, he was one of
0: my favorite characters using his ring to blow people's heads clean off. Yeah,
1: exactly. That was why I started reading comic books right. because that was heroism personified, and the type of morals that I was looking for and I wanted to see Mm -hmm. and I wanted to have in my life. And I'm not ashamed of it to say that a lot of the values I have were shaped by what I read in those early comic books, because yeah, that's right. That's what you do. You don't kill people if you don't have to. You bring them into the law and let the law deal with
0: it. and it makes me sad about what granted there's not a lot of kids reading comics but what this generation is learning
1: I meant to ask you about that what did you think of that article and I know you probably had a reddit where he said "Well, we don't make comics for kids we make it for 45 year old men uh,
0: well that's just saying it has it said which also makes it kind of I'm a 49 year old man yeah. and I don't want those comics uh, that you're making DC which is why I-, I left the entire
1: hobby because this is what you wanted to do you think I? want. Well, I haven't left the entire Hobbit. There are still some yeah. comic books I read, but I don't read Marvel of DC. Yeah. And I haven't read Marvel at DC going on... Let me put it this way. I haven't purchased... Right. A Marvel or DC comic in 15 years. Okay, if I go League, to Barnes yeah. and Noble, I'll right. pick it up and I'll sit there while Patricia's in the porno section wherever she yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't purchased it because those aren't the characters. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the characters I want to read about. Right. And I think that that is why, subtle plug here, New Pope is on the upswing because we have writers who are writing about characters who are heroes and who do emulate those values that we used to look for like, in our comic book know. characters. Dylan? Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, see, he kills people, but he's not a killer. Right. And yes, folks, there is a distinction. But again, we're digressing. Right. We're getting off the subject, which is about the summer movies and, and the escalation uh, uh, yeah. of these big scale superhero battles. In Man of Steel, let me just say that I liked the movie. I did not love the movie. Because to me, when you come out of a Superman movie, you should feel like you can fly. You should feel uplifted. This Superman movie did not do that for me. I can still put in... And
0: we know that Zack Snyder is capable of getting that sort of emotion right. You and I remember coming out of 300 and just going, Woohoo!
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were ready to eat raw meat and right. slaughter but we felt good i didn't feel good coming out of of still and you know what really made me feel bad it was all these kids that had come was looking for yeah. superman and they didn't get it and i was looking i was looking at the face of the kids yeah. when we came out and that That's, wasn't the movie they wanted. the
0: were. sad thing is once again we come back to this fact we keep hammering this warner brothers does not have a plan marvel has a plan when i came out of Iron Man 3. Even though there are a couple of moments in Iron Man 3 which are pretty large-scale destruction. I'm thinking particularly of the, of the destruction of the mall. The one that leads to Happy being hospitalized. Oh, okay. Still, at the end of that film, I
1: was like, yeah! Because you know why? Because the climatic battle took place in the area where it was shown to us there's nobody yeah. around. It's the bad guys and the good guys. And that's yeah. like, so they're the only ones that's gonna get hurt. Shane Black took pains to show us that yes. yeah there's nobody else around.
0: Which brings us to a film that you and I both love. <laughs> yes, which one is that. Which is Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah, the Toro's love letter to Ray
1: Harryhausen and in Shiro Honda. Matter of fact, you wanna know who are the two most enjoyable movies that I saw this summer? What? Pacific Rim and Two Guns, so, Washington okay. and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, man. remember the first time you saw Lethal Weapon? Yeah, remember my, the chemistry? This is go see this movie for nothing else than to watch Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg work together. Pacific Rim features scenes of great destruction. Massive destruction!
0: Massive, how can it not? It's, Apocalyptic! It's giant robots versus giant monsters. End of the world shit we're talking However, <laughs> the thing that is interesting about Pacific Rim is that Del Toro goes out of his way to explain that the Jaegers do everything they can to keep the battles out of populated areas. When when they do know they have to go into populated areas. The
1: cities are evacuated to the best of their knowledge. But we are even told even earlier than that, yeah. due to the fact that people know that there are kind yeah. of Jew attacks. Most of the coastal cities have been evacuated, yeah. pretty much for the most part. Everybody's moved inland. Mm-hmm. So, what they're actually doing to Jagers, when they hear about these monsters coming out of the water, they're going to contain them to yes. prevent them from coming exactly. on land. That's the difference that people don't get in Pacific Rim. They say, oh, yeah, well, they're destroying the city. Yeah, well, you got to realize. For the most part, probably, I would say, a good 80% of the city is evacuated yeah. well, the anyway. The set piece, the midway
0: battle, mm-hmm. is between Gypsy Danger, the American Jager, and kaiju In an area of Hong Kong, and this, I always find this fascinating, where... Um, kaiju had died and rather than try to get rid of this massive skeleton they just built a portion of the city yeah
1: they just built it around, they, they built it, around and, yeah. it yeah and see that's one of the most fascinating things about it. you can see the ribcage yeah. going up into the sky where they, they built up a whole city but around we
0: see the evacuation effort right we see these anti-kaiju vaults underground right that people who are still in the city hurt into right To avoid the worst of the kaiju attack It's a much
1: different sensibility towards collateral damage It's a movie that, yeah, okay, we're here for fun But we're not going to ignore the fact that Yes, there are innocent people that are getting caught up in it But there are contingencies in place Right,
0: if you told me I was going to go see this movie About giant robots versus giant monsters And I would cry during Mm -hmm. it I would have laughed in your face Mm -hmm. But the one moment that kind of drives home The collateral damage problem is Mako's memory Uh, Oh, when yeah. she was a kid, and yeah, I bawled during yeah, that part. Yeah, that yeah. is, and it's very simple. It's just her in the middle of a devastated Tokyo,
1: holding a shoe. Crying for her mother Which says more Than anything else About the devastation That has taken place On a planetary scale Because that's what We're talking about yeah. Pacific Rim was just An amazing movie And it actually surprised me Some of the backlash That I heard about yeah. it From people said wow Especially
0: wow. when Everybody starts playing Why are they only doing Remakes Why are they only doing Reboots Why are they only doing this Yeah Granted this is kind of like a Frankenstein monster Taking a little bit From column A And a little bit From column B Mm -hmm. and putting them together very influenced by certain anime like Vangelion Mm-hmm. And the Japanese Godzilla movie But still It's reconfigured In a fresh way Oh yeah Absolutely And yeah. people complained about it Thank God Everybody else In the world Apparently got the joke Yeah And that's yeah. why We're gonna get A Pacific Rim too. Yeah and, Well
1: it's An astoundingly Huge international yeah. hit I was even talking With some people And of course you hear you your Transformers fans I can't stand y'all guys Yeah First thing they said Well it's a rip off Of Transformers Well no it's not Because in Pacific Rim We could tell one robot From another yeah. They had characteristics Yeah I and, mean, we, each, each... and we could actually see the fights right. and, and
0: see who was it. You know? Yeah, I mean, each of the Jagers had a very distinctive personality keyed into their nationality. The nationality, right. The Australian one is very... Boisterous, Yeah. And the Russian one uh, is just this massive hunk of steel. No, what it reminded me of
1: what? The Crimson Dynamo. There you go. reminded well, Iron man, man, yeah. It reminded, it, me of it, it reminded me of the Crimson Dynamo. And then yeah. you get the Golden Typhoon. You could look at a robot and say, yeah. okay, I know which one that is. Yeah. You couldn't do that in Transformers where they all look the same.
0: I can understand some of the complaints about the fact that the characterization is very surface. But the thing is, what Del Toro was interested in doing was recreating... A old school World War II combat melodrama in which the Nazis are giant monsters.
1: Well, this is a 1950s monster yeah. movie. It- Godzilla Rodan or whatever movie but it's done with a modest sensibility if it ain't broke don't fix it and he didn't break anything but what he just did was say okay what are we were making I mean you know what the film
0: I've told you this the film
1: reminded me a lot of what Starship Troopers Starship Troopers yeah Mm -hmm. without the social commentary and social satire that that movie had which I'm a big fan and I don't understand why for the life of me I tell people oh I love Starship Troopers ah man it sucked what are you crazy it was a brilliant movie yeah Paul Verhoeven Idris Elba Played a great Michael Ironside Yes he did
0: That man can do no wrong One Do not ever Touch Touch me me again again.
1: (laughs) Two do not ever, ever Touch, touch me, me again, again. <laughs> <laughs> But it was great in The relationship He had with his people This was a guy And I know that people They want to try To compare his speech To the one In Independence Day Please Oh this is a much Better This film. is a much better you know. Independence Day Was delivered stupid Independence Day Is one of the worst movies I have ever oh. seen In my life I have no idea Why so many of you Love it Matter of fact I don't care Why so many of you Love it oh, you All I listen. know Is I, I'm never going to what? Here's a plug for another show On the Earth2.net
0: Community of Podcasts Michael and his wife Do a show called For Better or Worse Right Where they take Older movies And they try to recast them for mm-hmm. the modern day As if they were being remade They recently did It's like a two hour long episode On Independence Day Where they just Tear that film A new one
1: Deservedly so It's a terrible movie
0: It's lousy It's horrible I thought so When I saw it. This is one of the problems I have with the Emmerich films so I won't go and give them any more money, <laughs> mm-hmm. is they show contempt for their audience. Yeah. I asked for
1: my money back, and yeah. the manager said, well, I'll give you a pass it Because yeah. it was halfway through. It was about an hour. That's one of the few movies in my life I've ever asked for my money back. Right. I couldn't stand that movie, and I still can't, but apparently people think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay, well. The question we
0: wanted to bring up is, first off, are we going past the point of no return with this massive destruction? We saw, it was it Chicago get slaughtered in the last Transformers film? We've seen New York get slaughtered a number of times. Oh, well, New York has always
1: been Cloverfield, and
0: I am legend. And, you know, and this brings up something else, and this is something that really does bother me, which is this kind of lazy referencing of 9-11, either visually or in dialogue to give gravitas to your big, shouty, empty action movie.
1: That was something some people had told me and what I read online. Some people upset Mm -hmm. them about Man of Steel during the ending sequence, especially there's a scene where Perry White and... Jenny Olsen Yeah, don't even ask me But anyway, they're running from a collapsing building yeah. And some people have told me Yeah, that looked a hell of a lot like The way that one of the world yeah. traces And the building fell during 9-11 Yeah, there were some 9-11-ish scenes in that movie Which I don't think See, okay, here's my problem with 9-11 fetishism Okay You
0: can't expect a wound to heal If you keep picking at the scap. Mm-hmm. And The way that... I'm not for forgetting it ever happened. As I like to say, remember, but move on. And I think that, unfortunately, this city especially, Mm -hmm. but this country has been so crippled by it. I mean, we've lost so many freedoms because we're so afraid of this happening again. Right. Whereas, as uh, Founding Fathers said, when you give up freedom for the right to be safe, Mm -hmm. you're not free anymore. You're not free. This happened as early as 2003, 2004, where... People would use, oh, so-and-so was at 9-11, has a shorthand to gain sympathy from the audience, whether it's a reader or a viewer or yeah. whatever. And I find that very insulting. Okay. Just like I find whenever they have a character and they say, oh, well, she was a victim of child abuse. Her father or uncle or creepy neighbor molested her. Right. As That's shorthand for us to get sympathy That's for That's lazy writing. It's very lazy writing. It bothers me that it seems, in some cases, people said a lot of what was going on in Iron Man, with the Mandarin's messages Was very consciously made to look like Al-Qaeda broadcasts It's hard for me to say this to Shane Black Who is a clever writer
1: But I think that was lazy And I think that it probably comes Because I know that there's some of y'all listening to that mm-hmm. and say, Oh, that's horrible How can he say that? We should do everything we can to make ourselves safe The bottom line is You can't do everything to make yourself safe. You walk out your door in the morning, you take a chance that you're not going to come back home alive. Once you leave the safety of your house, which really ain't all that safe, anything can happen to you. If human Uh, civilization was more concerned with safety, we would still be in... Caves huddling together for warmth. Do you know that I have actually had people go into a panic when I tell them, Yeah, well, I was riding the subway when I was 11, 12, 13 years old. I was going to Manhattan and the Rock by myself. People have apoplectic fits. They said, Your mother let you go? Of course. Yes. This is what people did back then. I think that now we've got, you know what we have drives this? me insane?
0: What? The three,
1: four, and five year old kids still in the strollers. Oh, man, please don't even get me on that thing. These big horsey kids crammed up and folded into these strollers. I think it's probably because the mothers are too lazy to teach them how yeah. to walk Person well, no, it's
0: not. It's because the parents don't want to deal with the kids causing a conniption fit because they don't want to walk around everywhere.
1: They can't smack their kids Oh heaven forbid we give them a swat on the bottom We may traumatize the poor little darlings for life But this is getting off yeah. What we're supposed to be talking about The escalation of this wide scale destruction But I think that that's something that in superhero movies That the fans demand that This is what the fans want And I think we're going to see more and more of it Because let's face it And we've talked about this yeah. before What is driving the movie industry now? The ten-pole summer big action movies. That's it. What were the big winners this summer? The
0: Conjuring... Yeah. Which was a little low, but that they actually held back for a while. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to market it from mm-hmm. my man James Wan, go James. He's going to be doing Fast Six next. Yeah. Smurfs 2.
1: These films that the butler kicked ass. Nobody expected that, but I think it made twice as much over the yeah. opening
0: weekend as Kick-Ass 2. What's unifying these films? They're not big scale
1: destructive films. Counter program. What they are doing is targeting the audience that mm-hmm. normally doesn't go to the movie during the summertime because these are the people that don't want to see right. superhero movies. They don't want to see Pacific Rim. But they want to see... A movie. A movie, right. They're not interested in spectacle and right. how much shit gets destroyed. Because I saw The Butler. I went to a 1 o'clock showing opening day. Do you know that first show was sold out? And you know who was there mostly? It was people in their 40s and 50s right. and 60s. Most people who wouldn't be interested in going to see A Man of Steel right. or A Pacific Rim. And it's very intelligent marketing to target that audience during the summertime. There's a lot of money that's not being spent in the movies. Exactly, especially when it looks like you see that list
0: of two thousand and sixteen stuff. Oh Missy, it's ridiculous. What I think is gonna also be interesting coming up is is this kind of regression gonna get worse? Mm-hmm. As the films get louder and shoutier And people stop going I predicted as well back
1: as four years ago That the geek culture gravy train is going to end Yeah The geek fan culture, God bless them They're fickle as hell yeah. Matter of fact, as soon as Man of Steel came out I saw Man of Steel And by the time I got back home There were already people ripping in a new asshole And, 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 and more importantly we're And like speculating going, about the next one Superman Returns wasn't so bad at all yeah, right, Oh yeah. shit Yeah Shame on you, you
0: No know, Superman returned when that Four bad Four
1: years of you saying That's the worst Superman <laughs> movies I've ever seen It is so bad Oh yuck 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 Screw you And this is what I say The geek fan base Is so fickle You can't count on them Because they turn on you Like rabid dogs In mm-hmm. a minute Raven train Is going to run out
0: What I think Is going to be interesting Is to see what the response Is going to be In I think it's Early 2015 When Ant-Man comes out mm. Because I've got to assume As a big fan of Edgar Wright That it's not going to be a big apocalyptic story. No, it should be. It's going to it's be. Ant-Man. It's Ant Man. It's Ant Man, and it's probably going to be kind of fun. It's a naked Ride film. It's going to be very it lighthearted. Be. It is going to be kind of goofy, and I wonder how people are going to react to a superhero movie. Where the entire universe
1: isn't at stake. Yeah, but you got to remember something. We have had Marvel movies Mm -hmm. where the whole universe, or the Fate of Avengers, was the only one where the Fate of the World was at stake. Which brings me to a point that I keep telling people. The main reason why I think that Marvel superhero movies are so successful is because they embrace the fact... These are superheroes. Right. They wear big, loud, bright costumes. They have adventures. They have fun being superheroes. DC is so stuck on this where we have to give them a real world yeah. version of everything. Oh, That's not what we want We live in the real world yeah. If I want to watch A real world movie I'll go watch Schindler's List Right But when I watch Batman No I want to see Batman or Giant typewriters Fighting yeah. the Joker And the Riddler And I want to see The giant And it worries me That
0: now we're getting Both in over at Columbia With the Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. And with 20th Century Fox Who are planning Apparently starting with X-Men Days of Future Past Connecting the X-Men And the Fantastic Four franchises That they both have That these people are now rushing To do Link Universe movies Without quite understanding How long it took
1: Marvel To work on this But let me say this though I will give 20th Century Fox credit Because the suits obviously We pissed off the X-Men fan base By messing up the continuity What can we do And they are actually Fixing it Because Days of Future Past Supposedly is going to do that And is going to fix The continuity I give them credit For doing that They got the balls To say we made a mistake Now Mm. let's give them a movie Where we're going to fix it And they are deliberately Trying to draw in To come back home We're going to give you what you want. Yeah. Trust us, and it'll be X Men. And but okay, if it's as good as X Men: First Class, which, oh yeah, I love. yeah. And
0: let's give 20th Century Fox credit. Yeah, maybe not with Fantastic Four. No, but their batting average with the X Men movies is pretty damn good. I you think know, so. the only see, I mean, X the first X Men movie, it's okay. Second X-Men movie is great. great. Knocked it out the park. Third X-Men movie is kind of mediocre, but I think that was more of a
1: case of too many people getting their grubby hands in the sauce. Let me tell you what the problem was with Mm X-Men 3. I don't blame it on Brett Ratner at all. Because Brett Ratner himself said that he told 20th Century 5, listen, give me another year, I'll give you a movie you can be proud of. But no, they didn't want to do that because their entire mandate... Was to piss off Brian right, Singer because exactly. he left to do Superman. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of 20th Century Fox having the maturity to say, okay, well, Brian, we'll hold X Men for you. Go yeah. do your dream project right. But come back home And do this fun They didn't want to do that Therefore they rushed through A mediocre project. Yeah. So yeah That was the problem With it 20th Century Fox I don't blame Brian Singer yeah. I don't blame the actors I don't blame Brett Ratner That was their problem mm-hmm. But they made up for it With First Class yes. Which I think we both agree and, is, know, pop- is the best one Wolverine Origins Is kind
0: of I like I know you like I like Wolverine Origins I really do I've not seen the Wolverine yet So I don't know what it's like I have a lot of favorites X-Men Days of Future Past I think So do I They're
1: bringing people back I'm with you The first Fantastic yeah. Four movie I didn't like But the second one Rise of the Silver Surfer I thought it was pretty good I agreed that the second one is, Was good as well
0: I'm looking forward to this But I'm a little also apprehensive Because what Columbia is doing And what Century Fox is doing it Reminds me of For example What happened when DC tried to do their own Kid-friendly universe With the Impact books Back in the 90s Or what Dark Horse Tried to do with Was it Comics' Greatest World, where they tried to create full form. They do not realize that in the case of DC and Marvel, these universes kind of sprung organically mm-hmm. a little bit at a
1: time. And before you knew it, it was all done. But I think that 20th Century Fox, and again, I have to stress that I give them credit for at least saying, let's do this time travel story mm-hmm. and fix this continuity, which says to me... They plan on doing X Men right. movies for a long, long time. And for all of you people out there that say this movie is going to bomb and then the rights are going to revert to Marvel and Disney, not gonna no, it's not going to happen. 20th Century Fox is going to hold on to the X Men franchise with a death grip. Yeah, there's a reason why we got the
0: Wolverine this year. Yeah,
1: th- thank you. Just like Sony with Spider Man, they're not turning. Just the to briefly
0: review the way these licenses work. The license is good in perpetuity as long as you can show by the time that the initial license is up, you are in production with a film. Now you'll notice Sony let the rights to Daredevil last. Lionsgate let the rights to the Punisher last. So yeah, Some of these projects are coming back to Marvel. It wouldn't surprise me if Blade comes back to Marvel. Yeah, Blade, yeah.
1: Yeah, some of these lesser ones, they're going to be let go. Studios say without the larger Marvel universe around it, there's not much that they can do with it, and they'd rather let it go. And I'm pretty sure that there was some backroom deals done where somebody from Disney came, let it lapse, and we'll make it worth your while. Disney...
0: Renegotiated Columbia's rights For Spider-Man Because they wanted Animation rights in perpetuity So even if Columbia Doesn't have a film In the works They have Spider-Man In perpetuity The X-Men They're going to have to Keep making movies But right now They've got a good formula And by the way May I say Seeing Wolverine Professor X and The Beast
1: in 70's Mufti yeah yeah total win baby I mean who doesn't want to see that usually I'm kind of jaded now there's not too many movies I actually look forward to and if you ever told me I would look forward to an X-Men movie I'd laugh in your face but yeah I'm looking forward to the next one especially after First Class I love that movie in fact probably tonight I'm I'm going to rewatch it me too I'm probably going to watch it it's It's such a great movie we just wanted to get this concern
0: off our chest about what are you going to do? Beyond a certain point, there's nothing more you can do to raise the stakes. Next year, we're getting Guardians of the Galaxy, where the whole
1: universe is going to be at stake. Yeah, eventually you have to go off planet. It was like, yeah. you know what happened with the Rocky movie? Eventually yeah. they said, well, Rocky's going to have to fight the Predator next movie, because there's no... Nobody... okay, there's I mean, a film I would rather see
0: Warner Brothers do instead of Superman, Batman. What's that? Superman versus Muhammad
1: Ali classic story yes I love. It. I would pay to see a movie based on I, that when I heard about Batman and Superman you know what I said meh you know exactly what I said because I went on and said I have no interest in seeing I have movie zero interest in seeing that it's telling me that Warner Brothers throwing in the towel and let me ask you something is it really that fucking hard to make a Wonder Woman movie really they act like this is you know I don't know me and you sat down the other yeah. night and rewrote Face 1999 yes, in 10 did. minutes and it was cool it was good <laughs> That's what we get So uh, Anyway, we hope you enjoyed our little going off on the state of the summer The state of carnage in the movies
0: Normal service, in fact, the next episode that's going to be coming up after you hear this Is probably going to be the one that we had Jay Shelton here live
1: Yes, our first in-house guest,
0: live
1: Exactly He was right here in the BITV studio with us And his mind was Properly blown. (laughs) And just
0: a reminder, folks don't don't run towards the kaiju. No. Run away Away
1: from from the the kaiju. Kaiju. The kaiju is not your friend. Unless it's Gamera.
0: Oh, yeah, Gamera is your friend. Yeah,
1: Gamera is your friend.
0: Okay, Gamera (laughs) is okay. Other kaiju,
1: run away. Leave him alone. Okay, good night. Thank you. Good night. God bless.
0: This has been your Better in the Dark Point 5 featuring Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Normal service will return in two weeks. If you'd like to comment on this or any other episode of the program, please send an email to Better in the Dark at Earth 2.net. That's betterinthedark in the dark at Earth 2.net. If you feel this stopgap is not sufficient, please visit the Better in the Dark Central site at www.betterinthedarksite.com and don't forget to check out all the amazing music available at com. Better in the Dark Point five is a conspiracy productions presentation in association with the Earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyright, Thomas E. G. and Derek Ferguson. Transmission ends in 3, 2, 1. Oh, no.